0: On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, we'll look back at Indy's All-Star Weekend, which is more than seven years in the making.
1: I know that Fieldhouse Files has a prolific following. You know, I just want to be careful about sharing too much with the world.
0: And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. Well, one week ago, everyone was in Indianapolis, more than 100,000 additional people for the NBA All-Star Game 2024, something that goes back to 2017 when they made their bid, even before that when they started talking about it and wanted to make it a reality. Well, they did, and... Despite COVID postponing it three years, a job well done, I would say, by everyone involved. Sure, there were hiccups. Not everything went perfectly, but in a massive event like that was with NBA All-Stars here in Indianapolis over a four-day stretch, essentially, I thought it went quite well, and that includes the organization and helping put on the event the hundreds within the host committee and volunteers and those full time staffers who have just been at this for years, so eager to get this show on the road, extending back to 2021, postponed three years. And finally, uh, we had it this past week, and it was a very special time, I think, for the city, for the state, and for the whole basketball community to be right here in Indianapolis to enjoy. The top 24 players in the league, so many other great events for individuals to get involved with. It was just a special time, and it was successful for the players as well. Benedict Matherin won the Rising Stars Games and was named MVP, which he called his shot, by the way. Also, Oscar Shibwe was part of that event, by the way. Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner then teamed up Saturday night, an All Star Saturday night, over at Lucas Oil Stadium and won the Skills Challenge. And Turner, by the way, called their shot there, saying, We'll hold it down uh, earlier in the day. And that's exactly what they did against two other teams. Then Halliburton was great and played on brand Sunday in the All Star game. Should have been named MVP over Damian Lillard. Uh, He was spectacular. Tyrese was and I say on brand because he didn't force much at all Uh, probably threw up one heat check after he made five threes in a row but any player uh, would do that Ty was not hunting shots and he never really does that's not him by nature he rather and gets more out of the assists than the basket but nonetheless I don't think he gets too stuck up on that Uh, that's not the type of guy that he is and Man, the the guys' schedules this past weekend, it was a lot. That's something I'll get into here in this podcast, try to share just a little bit about what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, by the way, I should also mention earlier Sunday, Oscar Shibwe was on the winning team for the G League up next game. So the Pacers won out four different events, uh, were very successful, and it was just an overall feel-good moment, I think, for so many within the team, the organization, and especially for the sh- city where – They put their best foot forward in trying to host a great weekend for hundreds of thousands, like I said, to come into Indianapolis. On top of that, many team employees were involved, and I tried to highlight them in a story on Fieldhouse Files a week ago, including athletic trainers Josh Corbeal and Carl Eaton, who assisted the Eastern Conference team. It was the Houston training staff that worked with the Western Conference team. That includes the team doctors as well, so they were at every single event just in case. That's what they do. Uh, and so that was special to see some of them, who some of whom, including Dr. John Abrams, who's been with the team as a ball boy going back, I think, 40-some years. So I was happy for him and all the others involved, which includes PA announcers Troy Pepper and Sean Sullivan. Pepper introduced the teams and crushed it, and then Sullivan did a great job working the game, calling out, Uh, You know who made a three in the baskets and those sorts of things. So they were able to share in those duties. Everyone was able to be part of it, uh, which was led by Dean Haviland, the game ops, um, and his staff. So many of them. Kirk Streblo, one of the game MCs, throughout the weekend. uh, So that was special for him. Boomer, the Pacemates, the drumline, uh, many others, just from the entertainment sector. Uh, were involved and able to have a special weekend. The stats crew worked every single event, and I don't think you guys understand how special the stats crew is, so much so that they were flown out to the in-season tournament, that they're flown out to other big events. Uh, They are depended on and believed to be one of the best in the league at doing what they do. And so all those different events, yes, you had a stats crew for them, and they were part of it. And then a special shout-out for the ball boys, the locker room attendants. I mean, I can't imagine – How special and memorable that had to be for those individuals. I was one of those, uh, not for an All-Star game, but for 10 years within the franchise. That's how I got my start in professional sports, really. Actually, go back to 2000 with the RCA Tennis Championships. Remember those? I sure do. A lot of fun. Andy Roddick, James Blake, all of them, uh, and a lot more. Unfortunately, that's no longer in late July, but that was always one of my favorite events. Uh, But shout-out to the Ball Boys. Rick? Rowe, the head ball boy, able to work the Eastern Conference bench and a lot more. And and you saw them put to work especially on Saturday night uh, with the festivities over at Lucas Oil Stadium. I want to start at the beginning, and that is Thursday with the opening ceremony. And what's special about that is because it's never happened before. We saw with the NFL coming to town in 2012 for the Super Bowl, what did Indy's host committee do there? They set a new standard. There was the zip line. There was Super Bowl Village. That opened up a week in advance. Uh, It was just spectacular. We also lucked out because of the weather, no doubt about that. But that set a new standard for what it takes to host the Super Bowl. And as a reflection of that, there were new requirements to host a Super Bowl because of what Indy did. And Pacers, and I think Indy, hope the same thing is true within that of hosting the NBA All-Star Weekend, which is really a celebration. It's really a marquee NBA event um, that's about bringing everyone together, showcasing your Hall of Famers. I think that's something the NBA does better than any other league, is putting them courtside, involving them in everything. Uh, that's spectacular. On top of that, uh, you had this opening ceremonies, and that was what the Pacers did for the first time. It was on Thursday. Uh, they had Mike Epps and Tamika Catchings host Um, outside of Bicentennial Unity Plaza. By the way, that's something that would not be there if this was held back in 2021. It only was available because everything got delayed by three years. So that new area, which opened up in the fall, I think it was August, was put to good use. About 5,000 tickets were issued, all free, to be clear. And it was an opportunity to celebrate Indy, the Pacers, and what was in store with the All-Star Weekend. Simultaneously, over... Uh, you know, just steps away at Commission Row, which is owned by Herm Simon. A very cool private Pacers party was going on for the alumni. Donnie Walsh, uh, Don Boosie, just so many of the former Pacers that were involved. Meta World Peace, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Derek McKee, Rick Smits. You can go on down the line. I believe there were more than two dozen of them. That were here and present and, and able to take part in the festivities, which was cool. They were introduced uh, as a whole and took a photo together. I hope that is hung up somewhere in the team facility. And leading into that, remember how Larry Bird drove an Indy car down, you know, Fifth Avenue, I think it was in Manhattan, to deliver Indy's All Star bid back in I think 2017. Well, they kind of finished it. And I thought this was really nice touch by the operations staff. So they had Connor Daly drive a two-seater, an Indian and a Noblesville native, by the way. So it's even more special than just being an IndyCar driver. Uh, Connor drove Tyrese Halliburton a two-seater from the circle down, uh, I think Maryland it is, uh, to outside of this opening ceremonies where Halliburton surprised everyone. He got out. He walked the blue carpet up to the stage And it was there where he was met by Larry Bird, along with Mike Epps and Tamika Ketchings. And he kind of passed off the basketball. Larry's kind of essentially saying, hey, I got us here. I made the bid. Now you have finished it. You're now our face of the franchise and continue to represent us well. Uh, So that was fantastic. And by the way, talking about Larry Bird, uh, very interesting and great how visible he was. This is the most visible that he has been in years. And that was great. Uh, I think it's a conscious choice of him to kind of be in the background, uh, move on from basketball a little bit, and just live life, be a grandpa, enjoy family, uh, and be kind of isolated with those he care about. And, you know, the biggest point here was several years ago, the All-Star game in Cleveland, when they honored the 75th anniversary uh, top 75 players, and that didn't even bring them out, right? Yeah, I mean... There were so many great players. A couple of them, I believe, have passed away since. Uh, but Larry was good. He he was just like, eh, I don't want to go. He didn't show up. He can do whatever he wants. That would have been something I would not have wanted to miss just because of being in the room with so many spectacular uh, people. Uh, again, though, very cool to see Larry Bird involved throughout the weekend. Then after all this, a special video played and then they highlighted and previewed or teased that there would be a great musical artist, and there was. It was T-Pain. He was up there for 10 or 12 minutes and played all the hits, you know, 30 seconds, a minute of each clip, and I thought he did a really good job engaging with fans of whom knew most of his songs. I mean, if you go to a Pacer game, you probably hear most of them, so that was a joy uh, and a great ending, I think, to that night that set the tone for what was to come. By the way, I should also mention earlier in the night an announcement, a surprise announcement, that the Pacers in conjunction with the NBA were commissioning a statue of Oscar Robertson outside of Crispus Attics. Uh, a lot of history there. Uh, I don't think he has been celebrated enough, and this is the latest example of recognizing his impact here in Indy and uh, in basketball as a whole. One of the greatest players to come out of our state. So that was cool to see Oscar there and to be appropriately Celebrated. Then the finale to the night. I have no idea how Doug White Camp and facilities and everyone was able to do this with so many people right there in the downtown area. But they threw up fireworks for what felt like about 10 minutes. It was really good, really well done. And again, just it built up the enthusiasm and the excitement for what was to come in downtown Indianapolis over the next several days. That was Thursday night. On Friday, you move forward and that became the celebrity game over at Lucas Oil Stadium then over to Gainbridge Fieldhouse for the Rising Stars. Celebrity game was okay Uh, it's not really my thing I knew a couple of the individuals I went for a half um, mostly interested in the setup at Lucas Oil Stadium what that looks like um, who was involved and wanted to just get a taste of it. Over at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, about a 15-minute walk. Not too bad at all. The trouble was the weather. It started to really impact everything. Um, such a walkable city, as so many of you know. Things are a half mile apart. That's no big deal. I'm fine to walk, especially 55 and sunny. That's no problem whatsoever. But when the sidewalk is not just wet or uh, filled with snow, but now icy, you got to hold on to the, the handrails. And then you're trying to get out and you got to watch your feet on the the sidewalks that became difficult. Outside of that, going back and forth on foot was no big deal. And over at the fieldhouse Friday night, you had those four teams, for the Rising Stars, for the Pacers, they had Matherin and Oscar Shibway involved. They were on separate teams. And something interesting happened first leading up to it. Tamika Catchings because of her relationship with Jaden Ivy, the son of Neil Ivey who played for the Indiana Fever and is now the head coach of the Notre Dame women's basketball program. He's like family to catch. Uh, Jane was telling me how he's, he doesn't remember but has been told and seen photos of him traveling to an occasional fever game which means a commercial flight and on those flights uh, how his mom Neil would pass her, him around to some of his teammates and among them was catch uh, to you know hold him or take time with him and have fun. Uh, So, of course, Ketch was going to draft Jaden Ivey. Well, Matherin held that against Tamika, even telling her during the game, you did this, you did this. And I don't think anyone else on the court knew, but Ben was mic'd up for the broadcast. We all could hear it. I was listening in while at the arena up in my seats. And the bigger thing came when his back-and-forth bends with Jaden Ivey several times after getting fouled. uh, One specific moment. He said, you can't guard me, you can't guard me, many times. And they've met before. Uh, You know, Jaden was drafted one spot ahead of Ben in the draft two years ago, taken by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Matherin certainly not holds it against him, but isn't going to forget it. Well, he also didn't like how catch drafted Jaden before him. And so Matherin was on a different team, I think Jalen's team, and Jalen Rose and and them ultimately ended up winning. They won the first game, advanced, and then won – the finale uh, if you will and here's my conversation with Tamika Ketchings after uh, that game and talking about her weekend being co-chair and all the different things that she had in store for the weekend and how proud she was to host the game and have a big role on Indy hosting all-star weekend just to start what does it mean for you to have a lead role both at that all-star party, and then tonight with Team Tamika.
2: Yeah, Team Tamika. Um, this was fun. You know, we've been planning this since 2017. and Oh, yeah, that yeah, role as well, man, by the like way. That role. So we've been at this since 2017, stepping onto the stage last night and really just coming into the airport a couple of weeks ago with the court out there. People are excited about it. I mean, it's been hit every single news outlet, just the court being in the airport, that part. Now mm-hmm. you get to the actual weekend and all of the people that are coming in. Um, it's just a blessing. The blessing to be a part of it is the blessing to still be so instrumental in this city and have such an important role with mm-hmm. a lot of these other people. And I think even celebrating Rick's last time, yep. um, Yeah, I'm like, don't cry. But his last <laughs> time and being able to be a part of something like this and just what he's meant to this organization, what the assignments have meant to you know to the city I just think overall I'm just it's just a blessing
0: what was your overall message to these guys even before the game because I just saw that interaction that was coaching that was that was a little love but it was also coaching in a game that generally is kind of an exhibition but you were clearly taking it serious yeah
2: I mean the goal was to win right Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you come into this and you want to win but um Before the game, really just come out and showcase your talents. You know, not a lot of people know who the rookies and the sophomores are. Obviously, you know who Paulo is, you know who Victor is, you know, like players like that, but you, not all of you don't know all of the rookies and sophomores. I'm like, this is your opportunity. The whole world has an opportunity to watch you. So come out and show them what you can do. You know, win or lose, obviously I want to win, but if this is your best performance, then that's what you do. After the game, you know, we, we take the L, but really enjoy the experience. For those of them that are going to stay and kind of stick around All-Star, I'm like, look, one day your goal is to be playing on Sunday night, not Friday, not Saturday. You know, Saturday's cool. But your ultimate goal is to be an All-Star. So enjoy the environment. Hang with the players. See what they have to do deal with. You know, like you have to elevate your game to be able to put yourself on that All-Star stage. And um, I think a lot of them were just like, you could see it in the eyes, like, yeah. Then it my dr- Yeah, my yeah. dream is to be uh, a Powell the Exception, mm-hmm. but my dream is to have this opportunity.
0: You watch Matherin all the time, mm-hmm. but are you surprised at all by No, that he was mad at me. That's what I think yeah, we he, could hurt heard on the broadcast. Yeah, he he was looked mad at you at and said, like, because of you or something. Because
2: Because I didn't pick him.
0: Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, he took. And then what's more funny, and you may not know this because Jaden didn't know yeah. it, was, Ben was mic'd up. So there was a sequence at that end during the free throws where he turned to him and they had the end, right? You can't guard me. You can't guard me. Oh. And I wonder, so you didn't pick him, and the Pistons took Jaden one spot above him. So those are probably the slides oh, I'll talk to him here coming up. Yeah. Okay, I, that's why. I'm not picking you didn't up take up him. that,
2: but if you, you ask Jalen, yep. Jalen Rose, when the selection was going, I had to pick Jaden. Not had to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pick yeah. Jaden. And Jaden and I, you know, obviously we go back to Neil and just... Mm-hmm the full circle moment of pulling it and bringing it all back together but I was going to pick Ben next and honestly the way <laughs> the way the picks go if it would have been the right way I should have actually had that pick but I'm not going to go there Okay. Um. but yeah so Jalen picked and I'm like no that was my pick he was like yep you snooze you lose so yeah Ben was a little upset with me
0: that's interesting so that's what that was about
2: yeah he's like because of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like i'm gonna have 25 he said it to you he's like i'm gonna have 25 (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and this morning he said i'm gonna be we're gonna win and i'm gonna be mvp so so far so good yeah
2: and then the next game to 25 so this game will happen and then they'll rest and then i mean literally the next team is gonna play it back to back
0: right so that gives them the upper hand yeah maybe
2: Maybe
0: could be they keep it going. But.
2: Yeah, but they started off slow and then kind of got themselves going. Yeah, you
0: got up nine nothing. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then we stopped doing what we were doing, and like we have people that started mm-hmm. shooting three pointers that weren't shoot three point shooters. Like, What are you doing? What are you doing. a <laughs> <are you> <laughs> big guy the Like, we
0: <laughs> So now that your responsibilities are done, I oh, think.
2: But today, yeah. For this. Are you <laughs>
0: able to enjoy it a little bit more? Or I meant- have a Enjoyable dinner or anything like that?
2: I'm enjoying this, you know, like I've been rolling and I'll roll tomorrow and I'll roll on Sunday with a lot of different, um, a little, a lot of different appearances, but I'm enjoying it because we put so much work into this. (laughs) And it's fun to see like, we're on this, I'm co-chair of the whole thing, but there's so many committees of people that were doing so many different things. So to see it all come together, and now to be like, I can go to this activation, I can go to that activation, I can pop in here, I can pop in there. and
0: Everything that you plan. I got credentials to yep. do
2: everything, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it's not going to end tonight. This is just kind of the, this is honestly like the beginning. The tip-off show last night, this, tomorrow will be a little bit more chill. I would do the pitch competition and um, a few other things. And then Sunday, we What's have the, the legend pitch for the pitch uh so there's seven local businesses that will be pitching. Oh, that, yeah. yes, gotcha. So I'm one of the judges for that oh. Jalen and I. Yeah, one of the judges. Um, so that'll
0: be fun. Isn't Tamika great? I've known her going back to 2003 with our time overlapping when I was her ball boy with the Indiana Fever. She's just spectacular. One of the best, if not the best humans that I've ever interacted with. Just full of love and, and generosity and is truly genuine. I'm glad she's around the field house once again and, getting involved in whatever she can. Well, Friday night, there were parties. That's when they kind of got started. I'll document some of them coming up. There were so many, more than I could even keep track of or know about. But Saturday started early on with interviews, with media availability. So what does that mean? It means media can show up at the field house and this was held on the practice court at Cambridge Fieldhouse, so actually the Fever practice court. And within there, first it was those players involved in this. Game the events on All Star Saturday Night, right? The Skills Challenge, the Three Point Contest, and the Dunk Contest. Uh, then a short while later, Eastern Conference players were made available, including Tyrese. Then they had All Star Practice. Then Western Conference players talked. Then the Western players had practice. Short a- shortly after that, moved uh, over to Lucas Oil Stadium. And by the way, Saturday afternoon there was the HBCU game also. At the Fieldhouse, but after all that, uh, in the afternoon, I think it was at 5:30, moved over to Lucas Oil Stadium, where they had a special announcement, and that was for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, and it turned out to be memorable and notable for those in Indy and with the Pacers, and that's because team owner Herb Simon was named a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Now, just two months earlier, it was named a nominee in the contributor category for the very first time. And so short while later, now he's a finalist, and that's awesome. Uh, longest tenured owner in the NBA going back to 1983, so what, 41 years here? Um, and that's a big reason why I can make clear that that's why, uh, in large part, that the All-Star Game was here in Indianapolis um, because of Herb Simon, his accomplishments, what he's meant to the league. I mean, we've heard – Adam Silver, um, praise him on and on over the last year about the Simon family, but Herb in particular. This also made me think of, hey, we got to get Donnie Walsh in there. He's instrumental in constructing and building up the Pacers really since just about – Simon took over. It was shortly after that where Donnie Walsh was hired and then was within the franchise and had a key role for 30-some years. Still lives in Indy. I'm glad he was at that Pacers event on Thursday, but Donnie, as a contributor, certainly should get into the Hall of Fame as well. A short while later, then, it was the skills challenge. I'm not a necessarily a big fan of it. Uh, it was very hard to keep track of what mattered, what didn't, even some of the players, not the Pacers team. But the other players had trouble, you know, which cone do I go around, or where do I pass it, those sorts of things. Uh, But the Pacers ended up winning that, it took an extra session, yeah, apparently there's an overtime in this skills challenge, and what did it take? A half-court shot, and the Pacers and team Pacers got it done with Halliburton, with Matherin, and then with Miles Turner, and uh, they ultimately decided to come in as a group and do a group uh, interview on the stage there. And Notably, that was all taking place uh, the postgame interviews inside the Colts' locker room. So that was unique. I, I tell you, the NBA completely takes over events and buildings when it runs things like this. So it was kind of a hoot to see so many, you know, let's call them black, not tarps, but black coverings around the locker room, whereas chairs in the middle, a podium at the, or a, a dais uh, at one end where the players would. Go on stage and then sit down and speak with us, and a great interaction there too. When uh, we heard players talk about, you know, Tyrese was winning this, maybe the highlight of your weekend so far. He said, "Absolutely." I don't know about Ben, but it definitely is mine. Uh, which everybody was laughing in the room. Uh, obviously, Ben was Rising Stars winner and MVP, and at the same time, Miles and Halliburton go cap on that, uh, which mean, basically means you're lying, whatever, When after Ben had said, yeah, this is my highlight as well. Great interaction and team chemistry I think between uh, those three, which was uh, a lot of fun to cover as well. And again, all this stuff covered in great detail at FieldhouseFiles.com. After the skills challenge, I guess I should go back, during the skills challenge, I had the unique opportunity to meet up with WNBA commissioner and that was Kathy Engelbert. We met outside of the suite that she was in and i used that brief time to talk to her about the state of the league what she was trying to get accomplished here in indianapolis could indy host all stars maybe one day for the WNBA. Uh, nil is a big subject the impact of caitlin clark and a lot more here's that conversation with the WNBA commissioner i guess first of all just take me through what you're trying to get accomplished this weekend what you're what, you, what you've been up to and and pushing the WNBA along with probably Sabrina and everything else.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, this is a great opportunity to showcase some WNBA players. I think we have, like, 13 or 15 players here, um, and obviously we had some in the Celebrity Game. We have Sabrina step tonight. And really it's about exposure and building these players into the household names they become and using a big NBA tentpole event, our big brother, to do that. Uh, I've been up to a lot of meetings with corporate partners, with media companies as we prepare ourselves for our 28th season, longest tenured in... um, uh, women's sports league in the country so i uh, just thrilled with how our players are showing up and you know I was actually You know, walking in between two restaurants today, and I saw like three people with WNBA orange hoodies Mm -hmm. on. I go, that's the dawn of a new day. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty cool. That orange hoodie, whoever the marketing person, yes, they crushed
0: it. Uh, To that end, Adam talks a lot about Herb Simon. I'm curious if you have any stories or memories or experiences with him.
3: Absolutely, Herb. Herb and the Simons have been in this league since the beginning, and um, they've been such great supporters of this league. And Herb will tell you, Indiana Fever won the championship in Mm -hmm. what was it, 2012 2012? Before I got here, certainly, uh, to the W, but, you know, such a a great, I mean, he's an investor in our capital raise, so he even doubled down on the WNBA, and just the co-branding of the Fever and Pacers that you see, you know, in the Indiana facility, so I can't be, you know, more, uh, you know, bullish on Herb's support and his family's support of the W.
0: What have you seen in terms of the possibility of Indy having one of these after seeing it on display? Now, the weather didn't cooperate as much, but
3: yeah. knowing, I said, you knowing know, basketball here. I said our All Star Games in July, so we wouldn't have to worry about snow in July here in Indy. Um, right. But look, we had snow in New York today where I live. Oh, I guess, my well, son reported that. But yeah, no. Um, I think obviously it's a great basketball city, great basketball state. I know the I saw the governor last night. I know the governor's so behind both the NBA and the WNBA, big basketball fans. So yeah, this would be a great place to ultimately have an All Star game.
0: What can you say about the potential impact of what Caitlin could have either from the league or presumably with? indiana to that
3: yeah obviously you, you know on. if you looked at our uh our activation at crossover here at mm-hmm. mba and we obviously have our equivalent at wmba live one of the things we did here unique was draft. You can get drafted into the WNBA knowing that Indiana and the Fever have, for the second year, the number one draft in our uh, 2024 WNBA draft. So, you know, Caitlin obviously is showing everybody the player she is, the person she is. There's a lot of other generational talent in the NCAA right now. So I think the quality of the game and the strength of the talent coming out from the NCAA, including Caitlin, is amazing. And these players will kind of be the first class coming out with huge followership from not just social media but their NIL deals and they have national brands of their NIL deals people don't process like you know they have the Gatorades and the State Farms and the Nikes and those are our partners too in the W so those will all translate over beautifully they'll have more national platform when they get to the W so we're excited for Caitlin and everybody else that will come in over the next couple of years and you look at the next level after Caitlin, Juju Watkins and Hannah Hildago and like look the the strength of the game, it couldn't be and I, I have nothing to do with that, but you know, we're trying to do more with youth girls, making sure they stay in sports, so we have more Caitlin's and Hannah's and Juju's coming through the system over the next few years, and globalizing the game, too, as we globalize our player ranks. I think we're 17% um, players born outside the U.S. now and, and growing, so we're also, like I admire what the NBA has done on globalizing their game, and we need to do the same thing
0: natural follow-up it's was the NIL piece and all that everybody it seems like people don't realize all of that we hear that a lot around here why would this player leave and it's like yeah. wait there's a much bigger opportunity elsewhere right is that right. is a lot of what you have to do is reinforce that message or make oh, people I, aware of that message yeah
3: I'm reinforcing that message because one they have those because they're at an elite level of athlete mm-hmm. Two, They only have so much NCAA eligibility. This will be the last COVID year. And then it'll go to four years of eligibility and players will have to come in. Um, and so, and it's just called endorsements in the pros. So, right. and we've always had endorsements, but we're seeing a lot more value in those endorsements coming off of NAL deals for female athletes in college into the pros. But I think it's as rising tides lifting all boats on this one with female athletes because I, I was a little bearish on this when I first came in the league, and one of the first questions I was asked was around NIL, and I said, "I hope it's not another area where women athletes will be undervalued, because we know we are." Um, you know, but it's actually turned out pretty good, at least for the elite athlete, at, you know whether it's softball, gymnastics, or certainly. I think of the top 10 on NIL earners are women basketball players so and the rest are like football players so um, I actually think that that has been a positive I think it I hope it keeps going because it allows us to then bring them in no one ever said anything about Michael Jordan and LeBron James's endorsements those are huge dollars much more than they made in the NBA so you know we're this is going to help us to supplement their WNBA income with all this NIL money and now endorsement money once they come. We just call it endorsement. Same thing.
0: To that end, do do you feel that direct correlation of um, the TV, current TV and, and the exposure and getting that out because we continue to see the record ratings and how much is maybe that part of your regular discussion about what it will become eventually? Absolutely.
3: I think again it's lifting the bringing in more viewers who weren't traditional viewers of women's sports and now bringing in Knowing that the quality of the game is so great in the W today, like most people have never watch a W game, if they come or they watch the first time they watch it, they're hooked. So it's just you got to get people exposed to the game, and I think what these NIL college players are doing is getting people exposed to the game. And like, this is a really exciting game. This is the game it should, uh, the way it should be played. Three pointers, you're going to see Steph and Sabrina tonight in the three point competition. This is something where we can compete equally with the men. So I, I think it's a, it's a really a good thing for women's sports overall.
0: I think the highlight of All-Star Saturday night ended up involving one of the WNBA players, Sabrina Inescu of the New York Liberty, as she went head-to-head with Steph Curry in a three-point shootout, just one round. Oh, so very close, and that was a lot of fun. I think we need more of that, more kind of simple battles like that, much more so than, say, the dunk contest, which is kind of worn out and really needs something fresh or, if anything, just star players to start competing in these events. That's what we want to see more of. Now, on Saturday night, something special did happen in the venue at Lucas Oil Stadium. They were using the north half, the half towards downtown Indianapolis, 35,000 seats. Remember, the first 10,500 or so were only available to Indy residents. But there at center court, or on the court, I guess I should say, was a unique court, a glass, all glass court. It was LEDs underneath. Uh, it took probably a dozen-plus individuals behind the scenes to help run it and occupy it and and all the different things to make sure it looked and uh, had the right feel both in the venue and specifically on TV. And while it's not perfect, I thought it worked out much better than I was expecting. Basically, picture the court being a giant TV, and that's what it was. They had... What was most interesting to me was underneath, they shared, where they had so many giant fans trying to keep the thing cool because when it's on for, I don't know, eight hours or whatever it was, you got to keep it cool. And it was used much more than I thought it would. I thought they just simply used different courts for the different events, and they did. But in addition to that, they would have a player in their stats, say, during their intros, and they would uh, have trackers where they could literally show you the steps the player's, made and and keep track of their totals and so many different things like that. Now, there was a lot of green, I think, during the starry three-point contest. A little too much green even on their bodies. That's something they're going to have to maybe work on and correct. But, again, these are trials. It's not expected to be perfect. You're trying to see if this is part of the future, if it can soon become your present. I don't think it necessarily will be in, say, NBA games. But in contests like this and, and festivities, Certainly, it made it memorable and really popped and stood out. Uh, no doubt about that. Tyrese uh, reached the a tiebreaker. A tiebreaker was needed in the first round, which I don't get. Why not just advance all, of, what, four players to the second round? But he fell just short and didn't advance, didn't feel good about what he did. But at least earlier in the night, he won the skills competition with his teammates. Then that brought us to the dunk contest which wasn't great at all. I don't really want to spend too much time talking about it. My biggest challenge in in getting involved with it, uh, embracing it, is how they have Mac McClung, who's not a full-time NBA player, competing for the second year in a row. I think you should have to be on a standard full NBA contract, not a two-way, not a 10-day contract, uh, not a G League player. Um, This is the NBA All-Star game, and I would like to see more NBA players, especially those well-known, like we all would, it's going to take more money, I think. You would hope uh, that a sponsor would be able to, or willing to step up. Shoot, why not have somebody like Mr. Beast get involved? He's he's willing to throw out wild money to put on a show and make some YouTube clips. I don't know what it's going to take. But it seems like you could get in a room and figure it out with individuals like that uh, and, and make it into more of a spectacular. Right now... The three-point contest is the most interesting thing, and really on this past Saturday night, it was the Steph vs. Sabrina shootout that didn't last too long, but it was became the marquee event. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, on a positive note as well, I want to highlight the setup at Lucas Oil in one area on the south, I think east side uh, of the area There was something special that Indy did. The host committee and everyone worked 24 hours to pack more than 1 million meals for those who need it on the south end there at Lucas Oil Stadium. So they were constantly bringing in individuals for a 24-hour period to continuously pack food. Again, I think this is another example of Indy doing something big doing something unique, and setting a new standard. Uh, This was one example where they were giving back to the community all while enjoying themselves and hosting a giant party, if you will, for hoop heads here in Indianapolis. Now, later Saturday night, Tyrese hosted a party at the Meridian Room. He was singing with Mario and 50 Cent, and a lot of NBA players and NBA personnel were there as well. Uh, Steph Curry had a party nearby with Gentleman's Cut. Adidas had a party for multiple nights. There was the key That was going on at Union Station. I think it was Saturday night where Herb Simon hosted the commissioner's party, uh, owner's party at Commission Row there. Um, And I think that everything I heard about that was it was elegant. It was amazing. Everyone had a great time uh, there, and how could you not? You're with basketball royalty uh, with a lot of money in a great setting in a new building with, I'm sure, a lot of great food. I was there at the media party uh, that was held last month to preview it, and it was great. It was excellent, so I'm sure they all enjoyed themselves there. One place I stopped by Saturday night was on the Circle, where C.C. Daniels, Mel Daniels' widow, was having part of a all-star party and I was the only media member there and it was fascinating to see them and catch up with them and hear so many Mel Daniels stories and how they were involved in enjoying all-star weekend so I definitely enjoyed stopping by seeing C. C. Daniels some other ABA things they were helping raise some money as well for uh, ABA players and many other things so well done by C.C. C. Daniels there on around Monument Circle on Saturday night. That was a late one. That was the one that started at like 11 p.m. and lasted till I think, 3 a.m. I got done with my story after midnight and then walked my way over there, and at that point, Saturday night on All-Star Weekend, every place had a line and was buzzing downtown. That takes us to Sunday, where the main thing before the All-Star game was the NBA Legends brunch, put on by kind of Turner, TNT, um, and again, Larry Bird was there. One of the things he was uh, at and participated in, we saw Tamika Catchings was honored there. Jalen Rose was honored there. Larry Bird was involved in several things, in fact, this weekend. I mentioned the handoff to Tyrese. He spoke with Bob Costas at the Tech Summit, which has involved so many forward-thinking leaders and executives and such, and then again, at that Legends brunch. But uh, that kind of got things started on Sunday, which is rather quiet otherwise. So many Pacers people were at that event, which was at the convention center as well, uh, followed by the G League up next game. That was inside the Fan Fest, and it included three Pacers-slash-Mad Ants players, Oscar Sheeboy, Isaiah Wong, Kyle Mangus. Kyle played in the first game. It lasted, I think, 10 minutes. They lost, and he was done. So committed to All-Star Weekend. It got free tickets. I'm not sure if he got paid as well, uh, but was certainly highlighted throughout All-Star Weekend, all for like 10 minutes of work. I felt bad for him. He kind of laughed at it, but that was the situation uh, right there. Uh, Oscar Sheebly's team won, so chalk that up. Another win for the Pacers team as a whole. Uh, You get to the All-Star Game, and with the East winning, uh, that meant more money for Special Olympics of Indiana, which I think netted Almost $400,000 in donations from the NBA over the weekend, all based uh, because the East represented Special Olympics of Indiana. Uh, not so good for the Boys and Girls Club. I think they were guaranteed at least 100000 Made a little bit more than that, but because of the Eastern Conference's domination, uh, the East and Special Olympics of Indiana mainly benefited in particular. And During the All-Star Game, Annie Myers Drysdale was named the recipient of the Kobe and Gigi Bryant Award for Advocacy for Women's Sports. And did you know Myers Drysdale is a former Pacer? She was just in Indy a couple weeks ago with the Phoenix Suns as a broadcaster, a former executive, former champion with the Phoenix Mercury as well. A little history for you. She became the first woman to sign with an NBA team, as she did back in 1979, and that was with the Indiana Pacers. So it all became... A little bit full circle and special for her. Uh, I wrote about that on Fieldhouse Files as well with comments from Rick Carlisle from when they were uh, in town together here in Indy uh, just a couple weeks ago. The All-Star Game, I'm not going to put a lot of time or thought into that. I think what needs to be said has already been said. The biggest challenge that I will explain, because I'm not sure a lot of people are doing it, is how All-Star Weekend has become just that for the players. It's not a game. It's more about the weekend, and it's more about your individual brand and your partnerships with your uh, the different companies you work at. And so in doing so, like I saw Miles Turner's list for Saturday. Mind you, he's not even an All-Star. But because the game was an indie, because he wanted to represent the franchise and the city, uh, and because there's good money that can be made bouncing around different events from Starry to Kia to... NBA 2K, to you know, whatever. Um, Miles had more than 30 things on his list for Saturday alone. That's exhausting, and Miles isn't even playing in the All-Star game. Um, so that, that's quite unreal in what he got involved with. In many others. Same goes for Tyrese. Same goes for uh, many other players, really with the, the exception being LeBron, who shows up the day of, uh, does not do media on Saturday, did not attend the Western Conference practice, uh, took the jet here, talked with media a couple hours before tip time, played the first half, uh, and then talked with media post game briefly and was on the first charter jet out. And you can do that when this is year 20, to be sure. Uh, any presence of his is absolutely valued and appreciated. His media session was the most attended. That's the kind of gravity and the hold that he has on the NBA and all the media rights and all of us media. We want to hear what he has to say. But uh, the biggest challenge I see with All-Star Weekend is, that it is just that for most of these players. They are doing so many appearances and autograph signings and uh, different stuff. I mean, Tyrese was at, I think, Crispus Attucks one day and a Nike event one day. Then then, uh, one evening, uh, that would have been Thursday, After showing up and surprising everyone at the Pacers tip-off party, then he went to Broad Ripple to the Vogue and recorded a podcast with Woj. Then Friday, he went to Fountain Square and recorded a podcast with Taylor Rooks. I can go on and on, and I'll have a story at Fieldhouse Files documenting his weekend uh, coming up here soon. But that's one issue, is these guys are worn out by the time you get to Sunday, and they're looking forward to a quick break. And most of them don't get that. Tyrese, Miles, they don't have time to go to Cabo. I think Luka did. and Others maybe have a chance to go south and get some warm weather. Miles, those guys don't. They were back at practice on Tuesday. Now Tyrese playing in the game uh, based on the CBA is not uh cannot practice. He can get shots up and stuff, uh, but he is not uh responsible, let's say, to practice. He's supposed to be given uh, the day off and then Wednesday get back after it after his busy weekend, but it's just not enough. I think one way to help fix this because of their bigger weekends is to extend the All-Star break so that the true All-Stars are able to actually get a break and do not get back after it. Uh, The other thing is maybe you change the formats. I don't want to make it gimmicky at all, uh, but maybe you consider the first three quarters are more of a show. Dunks, threes, making sure everyone plays, and then the fourth quarter, things get real. Fourth quarter is the money time. Fourth quarter, you put a million dollars for each person uh, for 12 guys because there's 12 players, although I would like to see rosters pushed to 15 like current active rosters. You put, let's say, $12 million at center court and say whoever wins, each person gets a briefcase. We saw how much money motivated players when it was 50,000, 100,000 during the in-season tournament, right? Pacers took home a nice little check. Lakers took home even more, a half million, I think, each. That can serve as some motivation, and maybe you make the fourth quarter all about that. And if you don't want to play, like say LeBron didn't play the second half, maybe he just sits out, and that's fine. Or maybe you divide him up into four teams and go from there uh, for that fourth quarter. But the thir- first three quarters are all about just kind of putting on a show because it is entertainment after all. One thing I do want to note, uh, because it was a great tweet from NBA Communications, was how NBA, or rather Pacers PR staff, put a tie out for the late Public Relations Director David Benner. We lost him uh, about one year ago, and they put a tie to remember him because the game was right here in Indy, in his state, his city. Uh, they put that across the scores table. It was shared by NBA PR, and I really appreciated that gesture and and. Based on so many of my media colleagues and their comments, they did as well. So I did want to highlight that. After the game was wild. So many guys are just trying to get the heck out of there. Um, but one individual I was able to see and talk with was Paul George. He talked about coming back to Indy and his experience, and also how, you know, while he heard some booze, hopefully, you know, he's moved past this, and hopefully fans do as well, considering. It was wild to remember how, you know, he spent seven years in Indy, and now this is year seven for him outside of not being a Pacer with OKC and now with the LA Clippers. So he spent half of his years with the Pacers, but now he's already spent another half elsewhere. It's time to move on. He's saying, and here's exactly what he said post game after the Eastern Conference's win.
1: I I think just soaking it in and taking it. For what it is, being around um, you know a, a big group of uh, talented guys, uh, celebrities, uh, you know, and, and just going to old stumping ground places um, and just seeing familiar faces. I think uh, all of that was uh, it was fun. It was fun catching up with old teammates. It was fun seeing, like I said, old faces whether we went to eat or went out to events. It was just good to catch up with everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully it boiled over. Um, you know, hopefully it boiled over. We both can respect the time that we had together, the relationship that we had together. I hold no grudges. Um, hopefully that was their closing of a chapter. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, being out yesterday and, and, and being in the city and being, uh, you know, around people that can touch me and, and share their stories while I was here. Um, again, it meant a lot, and uh, I think those interactions helped me, uh, you know, just feel better and understand that I think people have gotten over the bad times. Um, but you know, if they only knew, I was only trying to uh, make the team as, as good as I could, um, and that didn't happen, and so it was just it felt it was my time to go. So um, if they only knew, I was fighting for them, more so than wanting to leave them stranded. Um, then it wouldn't have went as bad. But, again, I enjoyed the time here. It's good that, you know, both sides can kind of, um, you know, just dust our heads and, and walk smooth away.
0: And finally, I want to mention just how the biggest hit of all may have been a month ago at the airport, at Indies Airport, where the replica court, the vinyl sticker essentially, uh, was installed that looked like a court. True baskets were installed as well, decorations, and a lot more. I saw hundreds of posts from that court, and so that was absolutely worth every penny. Uh, The marketing for the game of Indy's airport, and a lot more. So that was outstanding by the airport authority uh, committee, Indy's all-stars and and such. And obviously you had a lot of great billboards and signs put up across the city uh, throughout all-star weekend to highlight what it was. Now lastly, uh, I do want to highlight some of the challenges. Uh because with all the positives there were some negatives, that's to be expected. Uh, one of those things out of everyone's control and that's the weather. You hope good things happen as Eddie White always says, good things, good weather and good things happen to good people. I was hoping we'd see that for Indy's All-Star game. Unfortunately, we did not. Very chilly, uh, but worse than that, the snow complicated things, especially on Friday. Second of all, because it's an NBA-run event, it wasn't Indy or Pacers necessarily. And there's certain things, just because Indy hosts so many events, that they do better. They have more working knowledge on the local facilities and on the working situation. So, for example, I heard many complaints about how the walkway from the convention center was closed off to only NBA people and so fans, you know, in the bitter cold had to wait outside, some for more than an hour, and how there was only one entryway to Lucas Oil Stadium for example, and that was on the north end. And how at the Fan Fest, at the convention center was great, but it was packed. And um, you know, friends told me they had bad experiences over the weekend when it got busier, as you would expect. And more people came in town, and there was over an hour wait there, and Again, there was only one entrance and the lines uh, kind of intertwined with the VIPs and then the media and the box office was right there and it kind of overlapped and just having one entrance to that um, and, you know, just didn't work out I think as well as they had hoped and that same line went to the concerts and that same line went to the um, live audience shows and if you wanted to attend the audience shows uh, (laughs) you couldn't get in until a certain time and by that time I had friends try to go for one, and you know it started at noon, and the doors didn't open till noon. And by that time, you were deep in the line. That by twelve forty-five, it was over, and you were just getting in. So again, the challenge is you have so many people in one area um, and trying to make that work. And and the same thing goes for the traffic jam. There, they they had the blue and gold routes. Um, there are so many Sprinter vans that were uh, in the way or just bringing uh, players and, and their families and everyone uh, to the different events and such. But there was a traffic grid, to be sure. Uh, I rode with a, a media member from the field house to the stadium and regretted it because it on Saturday afternoon, I think we left at 2, and we didn't get to the stadium till after 3.30, something like that. And it took, what, an hour, hour and a half to do so, when while it was cold, I should have just walked the 15, 17 minutes that it would have taken um, again, nothing horrible, but those are the type of challenges uh, in an imperfect-type setting like this where everybody is just hoping things work out well. But I did want to come on here and wrap up All-Star Weekend. I'm sure there are certain things that I left out or forgot about, uh, but it was a successful weekend, to be sure, for the Pacers winning so many awards, with Indy shining, I think, for the most part, and their hosting. Uh, and on top of that, uh, just a job well done, especially with that Thursday Pacers party, as well as what happened at the airport. Those, to me, were the two big highlights of this. And also, I didn't mention it because I was unaware of it and only saw it on social media days later. But apparently there was an incredible drone show. I think it was Saturday night outside Lucas Oil Stadium. looked good from what I saw on my phone. Um, That was something I did not see or know about live. But uh, how cool of them to do something like that as well outside Lucas Oil Stadium. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's back to basketball for the Indiana Pacers as they have this homestand before they head out on the road and and make this final push until the playoffs here in less than two months. Can you believe it? We have a final stretch right here, Uh, and the Pacers are pushing hard for that six seed or better. Appreciate you following all my coverage all weekend long and all the time at FieldhouseFiles.com, subscribing to this podcast, and I'll talk to you again soon.